0: This program is sponsored by Unidos U.S. and Comcast. It's recorded in our studios located in Hollywood, Florida, USA. Hi, everybody, and each of you, welcome to our new season, second podcast, Citizenship Program of Hispanic Unity of Florida. My name is Raisa and here is Magali. Hi Magali. Hey Raisa, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. And I hope our students waiting for this podcast because we get many questions and the students waiting for answers for help for support. Okay? Did
1: you have did you have fun in our last podcast, Raisa? We were speaking about uh, the perfect world versus the real world, and we will continue working on that in this second podcast of this second season. And so, the idea is just to enhance in deep the knowledge about the n 400 application. How that sounds, Raisa?
0: Exactly, Magari. We had many uh, opinions from our students, and they like it. The same way they are la- uh, learning, listening. Uh, perfect word and the learning, listening real world because listening that uh, uh, real world we are preventing them from the mistakes what they can have and that mistakes what are common from our previous students from their testimony
1: basically Raisa we spoke in our last podcast about the different ways styles um the, the the way that USCIS officer can ask our students about their name seems to be a simple matter, but in English they use so many different ways to ask you what is your name. But this is part of the first podcast and we invite all of you to listen one, two times, three times, as many times as you want. That's the reason why these podcasts are so convenient that you can repeat them. Many times, as much as you want, until you get this information pretty much um, able to be uh, in a complete domain of your knowledge. So what is your name? Simple question. It can be addressed in different ways. We have to be listening carefully to the officer in order to answer in a very fast and effective manner. So today Raisa I wanted just to go over uh something that to me is very much important and probably for people that is not so much what they are just like thinking it's relevant, but it is is very much.
0: Yes Magali, something easy can become very difficult and because our system what we are teaching here our students is repetition because most of our students they don't speak perfect english they have no time to improve english the level what they would like to and we are here for them try to teach them t- try to uh, help them during the our classes and podcast everything and they are helping us have to teach them that is the ve- most important. If we are always listening, their suggestions and their opinions about podcast, about classes, and of course about testimony of what students is giving us after they uh, finish the naturalization process. So, therefore, Raisa,
1: eh, in the well development uh, of the interview, the USCIS officer would like to get. Uh, your basic information with your social security number, your date of birth, the date you became legal permanent resident, your country of birth, and your country of nationality. Why this is a very substantial, very important information collected by the
0: USCIS officer, Raisa? You know, this information not so complicated or difficult, but because... This is still beginning of the interview, and most of the students, they are still nervous. And this information, easy information, becoming very difficult because they still cannot focus completely in their interview as you said about names that is very very easy information very easy questions but because that still in the beginning that is just beginning of the interview they still not relax completely they still nervous and that is make different make difficult their interview and now that part of uh, part two questions five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm-hmm. eleven, and twelve, and thirteen of part number two. This is our second podcast, and we still only in part number two because it's a lot of information we have to review as we are doing here real world and perfect world. So, you know, Raisa,
1: our students they ask. Why I have to learn my social security number? Why this is a factor that will define the control of our, our interview? It is important, and we are not um, diminish the uh ways that you have to address answers. It's so difficult for many people to memorize these numbers, but the n four hundred is numerical. The n four hundred is full of dates. Full of numbers. And so in order to have an effective interview, we need to control that information. We need to know that information. Surprisingly, Raisa, a lot of our students know, have, don't have any control of the social security number because this is, this is a belief that probably is, is something that should be part of the confidentiality and not be given to anyone. So the social security number, um, must be in your memory and the officer will ask to confirm the numbers that you, uh, had in the N400 application.
0: You know, we ask these questions to immigration officers. Why? Uh, application has something like this social security or uh, date when we became a legal permanent resident an officer said each question each information what we have in our application for some reason and no questions why you just have to know that information and if you don't know that information easy simple answer you are not ready for your interview an officer can ask you any questions and that will be just Uh, explanation I'm checking your English and you have to understand the question and you just have to give the officer the answer that's it how easy is that very easy an officer not going to ask you something who knows what only what you have in your application and if you have in your application please just learn that memorize that dates as Magali said many many dates And who remember date of marriage if we married 25, 35 years ago? Just review that information and no questions why. You just have to know that, period.
1: Right, so date of birthday. Sometimes we have our applicants underestimating the power of the information in the N-400. And they thought and they said, oh, whatever is very simple, that's easy nonstop. Of course, we're speaking about certain level of um, memory who doesn't know the date of birth, right? Everybody knows the date of birth. So when is your date of birth? But look at this one, Raisa, when you became a legal permanent resident. That one is not a favorite question for people because it's not important, but it is in the application. Everything that is in the application should be part of your memories. When you became legal permanent resident, uh, as I call this, is, those are uh, answers by heart. You need to know, as you know, your telephone number, your address, your date of birth, when you became legal permanent resident, as well as your nationality. Very important data information that cannot be by mistake given to the officer, but certainly
0: with precision and certitude. Of course, nobody going to believe you don't know your date of birth. The problem is you couldn't understand that question. And that is create problem. Because ask you about your date of birth, officer can use different way. What is your date of birth? What is your DOB? State your date of birth? Or when were you born? Look at four ways to ask information about your date of birth. Which one officer will use during your interview to ask you about your date of birth? We don't know. And here in podcasts and our citizenship classes, we are practicing all these forms what officer can ask you. And if you go for your interview, no even on one question will be surprise for you because we are practicing... All these questions here in our podcast or in our citizenship class, making sure you are ready for your interview and answer all questions what officer will ask you, this way or that way. In order to understand what we
1: are doing here in this this podcast, RISA, I guess and I suggest you, student, you, new applicant for citizenship, pull out the N400 application and take a look. Go through the application as we are developing the answers, the questions, um, the perfect world versus the real world. Take a look, because it's very simple just to listen. I understand maybe you're driving. When you get back home, open the M400 application and take a look. Country of birth versus the country
0: of nationality. What is the difference between the two of them, Raisa? Yes, because we have some students, they are uh, citizens of two or three countries. They were born in one country after they moved with parents to other country, and they became citizens of other country. We have many students like from Cuba. They are citizens of Cuba, of course, and somehow they citizens of Spain, of Italy, and that is absolutely perfectly okay. Now they are looking to be citizens of third country. United States. And it's okay. That is your right to be citizen of country what you want to be. It's no problem. But some students, they are citizens only of one country. Country when they were born and country of nationality or country of which they are citizen. Can be the same. Like Venezuela, country of birth and Venezuela country of nationality. Take a look, Raisa. Take a look this little detail. When we
1: are completing these applications online via myuscis.gov, the country of nationality may only be chosen by uh, the applicant as its number one citizenship. But since we have a large community with dual nationalities, always is good to, um, Express to the USCIS officer, although the, the system, online system is not allowing us, but to just have one nationality. When you go to the interview, remember to please state your country of nationalities. Even though the N400 application only reveals one nationality, when you are in front of the officer and you know that you have two nationalities or three nationalities, please bring your passports and disclose the other nationalities as well. It's not a a bad factor, but it's a good factor to tell the truth. So one thing is just the place where you were born, and the other one is the place of your, the country of your nationality.
0: Here, number 11, we have country of citizenship or nationality. Okay, citizenship may be we are understand this citizen if you uh, mention country when you were born and nationality country when you became citizen by naturalization because we cannot be born in two or in three countries at the same time but we became citizens like cuban people of spain by naturalization and they can mention their like country of birth, Cuba, and country of citizenship or nationality, Spain, right? Absolutely. So then let's
1: take a look of the practice and let's uh, let's, ch- let's get the chance to the perfect world. And then let's see the analysis after this
0: little segment of the N400 application. We don't go for old because we did this. And first podcast, we just go for second part, not second part, still it's second part, yes, but we have there 11 moments of the second part. And we are going from part number two, second part, question 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13. Are you ready, Magali? I am. To answer my uh, questions? Of course, I am. Did you study? I did a study very much a lot very good very good uh, nice to hear that because many students they come in for interview and they didn't study and 400 they didn't even know uh, they will be asked here about their personal information from application and I know you coming from Hispanic unity and that of course uh, not surprise for you because I'm going to ask you this question tell me magali uh, what is the what is your social security number my
1: social security number is
0: 12345678 thank you and tell me what is your gender i'm a female very good magali what is your dob
1: um i was born on october the 10th 1995
0: very good, and how and when you became legal permanent resident? I became legal permanent
1: resident on uh may twenty second two thousand and ten and how you became legal um I got married to an American citizen and I am a proud mother of a little
0: American citizen mm-hmm. Nice then you became legal permanent resident or legal. In the United States, by marriage. Absolutely, right? yes. Yes, officer. And very good. Are you still married? I am. Very good. And how is your husband? How he became legal in this country? Oh, he was born in the United States. He is from uh Minnesota. Very good. Okay, and tell me what is the country of your birth? Where were you born? I was born in Ecuador. Great. And uh, are you a citizen of Ecuador? Yes, I am.
1: Do you have family in Ecuador? My family is in Ecuador. My mother is in Ecuador. And actually, I grew in Peru. So I have Peruvian nationality as well.
0: Very good. And tell me, are you planning to bring your family to the United States after you become a citizen of the United States? Um, I. That's always a possibility.
1: Uh, I will not say no, but my parents are very happy where they are right now.
0: Perfect. Are you, Magali, planning to keep your citizenship of uh, per, of Peru and of Ecuador?
1: Yes, I plan to keep my nationalities, of course, yes.
0: Very good. Magali, are you planning to live permanently in the United States after you become a citizen of the United States?
1: Yes, officer, I have my family here. I have my son, my spouse, I have a beautiful family. Yes, I I just want to continue being happy in this amazing
0: country. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question which I don't ask to everybody, but I want to ask you this country. Tell me, Magali, um, uh, do you believe, are you eligible to be a citizen of the United States? Yes, I am. Why?
1: Because I've been a good legal permanent resident and I like this country so much. And so I never commit any crime. I've been with good moral and character. I've been a good person for this society. So I I think my next step is just to have this amazing citizenship because this is where my family is and I want to be part of this wonderful country.
0: Beautiful. One of the requirements to become a citizen of the United States, speak, understand, read and write English. I'm not going to ask you if you speak, you understand or you read and write in English because I can see your good English. And thank you very much. And tell me, Magali, did you apply for any kind of disability exemption?
1: No, actually, uh, I have a very good health. So no, officer.
0: Very good. Thank you very much. We finish with this portion.
1: Okay, Raisa. So let's get a little bit back into what happened before and just make an analysis yourself. What did you notice um, in this perfect world that we just presented?
0: You know, I was very happy to hear full answer and even little more of uh, uh, my applicant client give me like little more explanation. Even sometimes we ask students not to talk too much, not to waste their time and just answer yes or no. Some questions and, but uh, Magali give me like little, even more um, uh, information. And that of course was moment she uh, show her good English and uh, willing to show her improvement of English. And Magalia answered all my questions perfectly. That was perfect world. side time flies so much.
1: Um, we are still with a lot of discussions regarding the perfect world versus the real world. And so we notice a very good interview. And so we want everybody to listen carefully what happened here because We are just like in the limit of our time today with our podcast, but I hope that you enjoy, and I want to get back again to the real world when we are over this data information requested by the USCIS officer. So it's time to go, Raisa, but we will have to get back into this analysis. And so I'm sorry to cut everybody, but we have to move ahead uh, and to... um, present in our next podcast the discussion of what happened in this situation. Thank you everybody for listening to us and Raisa for your presence, your guidance and everything that you're giving to this amazing program. Thank you everybody. See you next time.
0: Everybody bye bye. See you next time.